Welcome to my show. If you are new here, go ahead and hit the like button. Or actually, go ahead and hit the like button regardless, new or not. But definitely hit that subscribe button if you're new. All right, so let's get into it. Shout out to Ramil Amir. You know, he didn't coin the phrase uh, pump and dump, but he made it popular in this space. So shout out to him and uh, Mr. Palmer for doing that video on pump and dump. Now, there's several different definitions of pump and dump, really. It's um, pump and dump, what Ramil meant was, you know, you pump and dump the female. Basically, you sleep with her. Um, I don't know if you do it once in his case, but, you know, you sleep with her basically until you get tired of her and then you leave her. You don't form a relationship attachment to her. No long-term connection to her is the entire premise behind it. You get what you want from her without giving her the permanence, the security um, that comes with that. Okay, and then there's other um, definitions of it, um, which is um, like in business or finance or whatnot, whatever you want to call it. It's when a wealthy person. That, that's hell? a fact. I, I don't give a fuck how much. That was strange as hell. So, um, some just happened on my phone. I have I have the YouTube screen up to monitor my thing, but Edward's channel came up, so that was weird. But anyway, um, so in finance, it's when a extremely wealthy person will buy a stock, and he will buy a lot of shares of it. So much to where people on the outside are looking at that stock and they're seeing it rise in cost because if you buy more, the price goes up. They see it rise in cost and they say, okay, I'm going to put my money in on this too. Yesterday it was at $12 and for whatever reason, today it's at 18. I want to get in on this, so I'm going to buy it at 18. So then he stops putting money in and, you know, the price goes up, not because he's putting money in, but because you're putting money in it. And then he sells all of his shares at the, you know, let's just say it goes up to 22, you know, and then he shares all, he sells all of his shares and makes the money. And then the stock goes back down because it was sold at a high rate. Um, and yeah, a lot of people get, got that way that's just that way that's just the way that particular game is played pump and dump but whatever it is in a pump and dump process usually somebody gets the short end of the stick somebody gets taken advantage of somebody initially gets something Initially, increase their value in a way. Hit the like button. And then later, finds a steep decrease, whether it's in esteem, whether it's in security, whether it's in relationship, whatever it is, they either wind up back to where they were or beneath where they were prior to that. That's how the whole pump and dump process works. Now, the... The way America works, the way the power structure of modern America works, and even slightly past America works, ever since the, I don't know, ever since television went color, 
mass media has become this extraordinarily powerful entity here in the United States. So much so, in fact, it's um, what, it's arguably a greater force of influence than our own military, which is an extraordinarily powerful military, by the way. It is. Mass media, um, the ability to control the minds of millions or even billions in the case of us, you know, um, of people across the world, even if you're controlling it a little bit, is a huge, huge power. And America is the most powerful country in that regard. Hands down, like not, there isn't a country that comes close. When you look at the amount of media that we produce and the amount of money that we spend in the Hollywood and, you know, just influencing other advertising and things like that, it, it doesn't even come close. Where am I going with this? So the modern nigga has been advertised heavily. That's the pump. The modern nigga has been advertised heavily. Like um, I start, I first started seeing like the modern niggas somewhere in the late 80s, early 90s, really, really being pushed into, into black culture. I mean, they, during that period, they made it the thing to be. It started from what I understand. It started with Easy E, but I'm pretty sure that you know, like Easy E didn't invent it, you know. So there was a there there, but excuse me. As far as I know, he came and it just it just blew up. Like it went mainstream through Easy E and NWA, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, DJ Yella, uh, MC Ran. It just blew up completely. Now, this was backed by corporate dollars, corporate interests, you know, and the question is why? You always got to ask yourselves, fellas, hit the like button. Kui bono, who benefits? Who benefits from taking a culture from the Cosby Show, Kid and Play, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Who benefits from taking that culture in this direction? Well, you got to follow the money. And trust me, I'm not in the entertainment business. I'm not in the um, in the advertising or marketing business. I'm not in the accounting business. This is just something that you can observe if you're my age. You can observe this just looking into the the past and seeing this, and looking at society and seeing this. All right, so the way the dollars work and the way market groups work. So um, once, all right, here's the thing. Society is going to assimilate. It's going to homogenize. It's going to become one no matter what. You can't have like red paint and, per, or excuse me, and blue paint in the same bucket and not come out with purple paint eventually. Like if you shake it up, it's going to, you know, turn purple a lot faster. But eventually 
even if you sit it still, it's going to turn purple. That is the merging of the two colors into one. It's going to become one consistent color. That's just the nature of things. So as long as people of different cultures live in the same country, not immediately, but eventually, it's all going to merge into one culture. Now, to the people that sell you stuff, this is not a good thing. Why? Because they, they depend on increases. They don't depend on stability. Once you have a set culture... That's pretty much it. They're going to buy the same thing. And if that thing isn't your thing, then guess what? You just ass out. If this country had one culture and it buys, you know, let's just say um, everybody, black people, white people, you know, Latin people, Asian people here in the U.S. decided we're all going to have one culture and we're all going to purchase Apple. We're all going to purchase the iPhone and we're going to leave the Android alone. Well, Android don't like that. So now what Android has to do is it has to divide and conquer. Meaning it has to, from this one U.S. culture that has been created, it has to make a multitude of cultures. It has to make a culture, a new culture that hasn't yet determined what type of cell phone it's going to buy. It's going to create this new culture. That's one thing. It's going to create a culture that's separate from the main culture. Step one. Step two, advertise to that culture heavily. Step three, try to expand that culture to as many people as possible once this culture has purchased your, your goods. What does that have to do with niggas? Well, step one is turning black people into niggas. And that is where the that is where the late 80s, early 90s, the advertisement of this particular lifestyle comes into play. That is when and where the heavy promotion of Megadon came into play. That is when you started to see the movies, the New Jack Cities, the Boys in the Hood, the, the you know... Um, what was it? Minister societies. That's when you started to see just all this stuff, all of this, all of this, you know, gangster gangster. That's when the that's when it really just ramped up. Even though on the streets, that's when it started to ramp down. But the industry, they's like, okay, we're going to ramp this up. You know, we're gonna be like colors, colors, red and blue, crypt and blood. You know, like we're going to we're going to break. You know, we're, we're going to make it seem like this is the most interesting thing ever, that this is the 
the, the coolest thing that a person, a black person can be. And then after that, we're going to try to expand it to other groups. So we're going to, to just pump it with advertisement. We're going to pump the black community with advertisement for this particular lifestyle. We're going to make it seem like, you know, to a whole generation that this is the coolest thing ever. That's the pump. This is the coolest thing ever. This is the best lifestyle you can live, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's step one. That's step one. Step two. Then we're going to sell people our shit. Okay. This is a nigga. And a nigga says, okay, I'm part of a newly established culture, a newly popularized culture. What type of alcohol do I drink? Oh, well, you know, um, St. Ives is like, yeah, we're want, we want to be the official malt liquor of the nigga. So St. Ives is out there and you hear, you hear Ice Cube mention St. Ives in a movie, and next thing you know, um, no, 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 eight ball. Eight ball. We won't, we, give me some of that eight ball. So now they try to be the official liquor of color people. So now there's a battle between St. Ives and, and, and you know, um, Old English. Oh, yeah, but it's, it's no matter what, it's 40 ounces. Like, I think that that's the highest, you know, that you can buy. Like, that's the biggest you can buy. So they're like, okay, you know, we're going to take your favorite um, quote-unquote niggas and we're going to show them holding this particular bottle and because you're a nigga and you don't know what you should drink, these people are going to tell you. And these people are the people that we pay. We pay this. It's product placement. We pay them to hold this particular bottle. Okay, 64 ounce. So I don't drink. But we pay them to hold this particular bottle in the music videos, in the movies. Every chance you get, you know, um, we pay it. Debo, like, you know, what you got on my 40? We're paying for the advertisement, just like YouTube. Just like YouTube has like the the 10 second clips before this, you know, stuff that you like anyway. They choose to promote what they want to promote. And they promote negative because it paid. Then it comes to shoes. It's like, okay, you know, they're gonna look for a type of clothing that defines them, you know, as negas. So we're going to advertise that. You know, we, we're going to, what is it? You know, first it was overalls during the, during the um, R&B days um, and stuff and spray painted pants and, you know, holes in them. And then it's just, it's just fashion. Everybody was just fighting for supremacy on, you know, who can sell to this new market. You know, then starter, you know, you, you got to wear the starter cap. And, you know, so they showed, they showed everybody with the starter cap and, with the with the tags on it 
is it so it became interesting you know then you had the spinning rims and gold teeth and all this stuff all these people making money on this new formed culture this new group of people whose whose spending habits is far different than any other group of people why because what what society at large has done was they took from a more unified culture they grabbed it and then they pulled it out they they pulled it out of the unified culture and got them to behave differently but more important to them they got them to purchase different stuff somebody said uh cross colors and car can i absolutely they got the starter jackets absolutely starter jackets starter caps starter jerseys you know all that stuff they got them to purchase different so now stuff was sold to niggas that wasn't sold to anybody else white people white dudes in particular they have been wearing levi's since probably i think like the cowboy days like levi's is just something that they that they wore so they like how can we sell starter jeans or you know whatever um polo jeans or something you know how can we sell that in a society where everybody is wearing levi's okay we divide the culture we take from the main culture create a subculture and sell them stuff that's step two this is this is part of the pumping process they're pumping it they're pumping advertisements there's they're they're pumping you know popularity they're pumping movies they're pumping the nigga culture because it's an opportunity to sell new stuff and then they're going to pump it some more why because they want this particular culture to influence other cultures they 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 so now they want it to where you get the malibu most wanted types you get the people who actually can afford this type of stuff to buy this type of stuff so now you get the white dudes and you know they're emulating and stuff like that and um and it is a great time it is a great time to be a nigga not because you know there's something inherently great about negative it's not for that reason it's because it's what's promoted more than anything yo mt uh rap and all that stuff like this is just the greatest thing ever and it created a entire culture of young black men and boys that wanted to be a nigga. And then it stopped. And that is the dump part. And that is what a lot of niggas are grappling with right now. That is like oh i got dumped what was the last movie you seen that was all gangster gangster 
I think the last movie I've seen that was like that was Superfly. And hold on, let me see what year that came out. And keep in mind that is when I say Superfly, it's not like a um, like that was the end of a trend because Superfly kind of came out as an anomaly. 2018 superfly came out as an anomaly after a long 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 drought of gangster movies of black gangster movies like the wire ended in like 2006 that's not a movie so let's not even go there but yeah like before that it was a long long drought it was like Thicker in Water, which is something that Mac-10 did, and I think that that was just like a local movie. Like, I've seen that movie through some homies in L.A. That did not go to theaters. Thicker in Water is um, uh, it was uh, Mac-10 and, uh, what's his name? Um, Fat Joe. It, it was this low-budget joint, and they got together, and they, they did a movie, you know. Um, it, it was, yeah. Yeah. Players Club wasn't gangster. Like, you know, that was more like stripper type stuff. I'm talking about like where the lead character is not a stripper, but the lead character is on some gangster gangster shit, like New Jack City. Like, when was the last time that happened? You see, they phased it out. They dumped that culture. They pumped that culture. And then they dumped it. And it's sad. It's sad that they encourage this into a, a whole generation of people. And now the people who just bought into that hook, line, and sinker, they're standing around like, hey, what, what's up? I am part of the culture that used to be the shit. I'm part of the thing that everybody wanted to be because society at large, yeah, exactly. Belly was like 1999, you know. Like, come on, this is 2022. This is 2022. Like, oh, okay, put it like this. What's the last movie where the lead character is not now over 40? DMX, you know, he's resting in peace right now. And somebody mentioned, um, somebody mentioned Belly, or uh, somebody mentioned Players Club. Half that staff is resting in peace. I mean, come on, now. like when when has Hollywood promoted this stuff? When have they? When was the last time they promoted this stuff? Really stop and think about that. Like, the movies that's coming to mind, it's like Thicker Than Water and uh, what's that movie with um, Memphis Bleak? Um, State Property. But you see, just the fact that I had to think hard, and that was that was forever ago, too. And that didn't even make it to the movie theaters. State Property was 2002. Get them out. Hit the like button. State property was 2002. 
They're not promoting. And this, and see, here's the thing. Um, state property, thicker water, stuff like that. Um, this isn't, this is not, how can I say, um, um, mainstream people promoting this. These are things that Jay-Z, you know, people like Jay-Z and uh, Damon Dash put their own money into to create. These are not mainstream movies. Mainstream has dumped niggas. They dumped them. They pumped them in the 80s and 90s, and they dumped them now. Yeah, exactly. And I was just going to get to that, KD. So um, you're talking about this stuff. You're talking about shows like um, Power, Power Book. And you're right. That is 50 Cent. He, you know, because he was one of the last, let's face it, 50 Cent, you're one of the last of a, that received wealth, that received major wealth from this gangster gangster stuff. You one of the last, like Easy E was one of the first. You're one of the last to actually receive it. I don't listen to modern music, but I can still tell that it seems to be moving towards Childish Gambino and stuff like that. It's still moving towards, you know, um, the skateboard black dude and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, you're one of the last. Now, what 50 Cent is doing, which is very clever, is he wants to bring it back. He wants to take his vitamin water money and bring it back. He wants to, you know, um, bring back the old nigga culture of the 80s and 90s. Me, I'm indifferent, you know, because I'm not as anti-nigga as people think. But what he's doing, and I actually watch his stuff. I watch his shows and, um, you know, like uh, I watch his Ghost or Power series. Because I just find stuff like that interesting. But what he's doing is he completely changed the image of it. So he came up with the three-fifths compromise. Meaning, I am going to make the lead characters three-fifths nigga. And the rest is going to be brothers. What's three-fifths nigga? Three-fifths nigga is Ghost. Now, Ghost is, um, um, you know, he's from the street, but he wants to get out. That's Ghost. That's the father Ghost. That's, he's like, like, yeah, I'm from the street and, you know, look at my muscles and shit like that. Um, you know, I married Akeisha. but I want to retire. I, I, I still, I spend most of the show in a suit. I spend most of the show trying to get out of the game. I'm just three-fifths in it, you know. I just used it to raise capital to my other ventures. So I'm not complete gangster. Like on Boys in the Hood, Ice Cube's character was complete gangster. He was, he was full-time gangster. Nino Brown was full-time gangster. Came from Minister Society was full time gangster. In Belly, they were full time gangsters. They didn't have like a regular thing. 
They were full-time gangsters. And they drank old E. But anyway, back to the thing. So he's like, okay, I'm going to make a three-fifths compromise. Not only am I going to, you know, change them from, I'm going to change the father from being, you know, um, the image from being full-time gangster. Like I was, like he was in um, Get Rich or Die Trying. He said, I'm going to do a compromise. I'm going to do a three-fifths compromise. And that's why Ghost is what he was, and his son is an Ivy League student who is a part-time gangster. He's a part-time gangster. He knows now. He understands. 50 Cent's a smart dude. He understands that society is not going to push and promote this whole full-time gangster thing anymore. He knows that those days are over. He knows because he was one of the last to benefit from that. So he's like, okay, I'm going to do nigga light. I'm going to do the, the preppy, college educated, you know, never sagging, making sure the deep waves are in the head. But he does nigga them like a part-time job type dude. You know, the young dude that 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 techs, you know, he's he's a nigga techie. Still the same premise, still showing him with, you know, the hottest girls in school, in my opinion. But um, because uh those two light skinned girls and dark skinned girls are are you know fuckable to me. Anyway, you know, they're constantly going to show that image. And once again, I don't really care. It, I don't. It doesn't really bother me the promotion of Nigano. It, it doesn't. Yeah, the gangster with a book bag, you know, and and you know he has the scan code to open up his his secret drug compartment and stuff. And yeah, I was watching that show. I watched the show. Um, I shouldn't say I was watching. I watched the show regularly. And it's just way off. Like they, they like you need you need. I need five hundred thousand dollars for a lawyer. Like, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll sell drugs because I'm the first person to think of that. And then a month later, you get five hundred thousand dollars. Really, really, it's that much money out there like that. It's it's that much. So you just sold like fifty thousand ten unit. Are um, $10 units in a month? But that's always been the case. They always exaggerate on how pretty the girls are. Hit the like button. They always exaggerate on how pretty the girls are, and they always exaggerate on how much money you get from it. That is a constant exaggeration uh, with anything in that lifestyle. Nina Brown was like, a million dollar a week business. Really? A million dollar a week business? Really? Anyway. That's that's neither here nor there, but you know, in order for in order for it to be a million dollars, a hundred thousand people would have to walk into the um, Carter apartments every week and cop. That seems difficult. Let's just say that you know, and none of them are cops or or anything like that. All right, 
as we move forward. So, the black community is pumped and dumped. Or I shouldn't say the black community. The nigga community has been pumped and dumped. You know, 50 Cent is trying to resurrect it. And, you know, that that is well and good, you know, for them. I mean, you know, it will help. Like, it will help, like, a young dude get laid, whether he's gangster or not. White girls don't know that. You know, like, I mean, what's his name? Tariq St. Patrick? I guess right now, if somebody is into the Tariq St. Patrick's, the Tariq St. Patrick type, then any young man his age can pretend to be the Tariq St. Patrick type. You don't really need, like, you know, you don't have to dress or look a certain way, and you don't have to stand on the corner with do rags hoping not to get shot. So, yeah, it's it's a very easy thing to do. Any man with money can. Any grown man with money can pretend to be ghosts. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll I hustle on the side, but I can't talk about that right now. So uh, drop them panties for me because I'm ghosts. Like, any anybody can do that. You know, shit, if, if you wanted to, Kevin Samuels could do that. <laughs> so it's really not, like, I guess it could get you that. It is some promotion, but it's really not a big deal. All right, so let me get out that rabbit hole. The promotion has stopped. What has it been replaced with? Well, once again, what did I tell you the three steps were? Step one, identify a group of people Step, I mean, and, and take them out of the main community. Step two, make it popular. Or um, step two is sell them stuff. Make it popular and sell them stuff. And step three, spread this to everybody. And how do I know that they have pumped and dumped the nigga community? Because they're already on the next community. They're already pumping the next community. What's the next community? El Gibbets. Oh, oh, oh. El Gibbets. Oh, that's right. They identified the L. Gibbets as a separate community. They have said, you know something? Because keep in mind, from Oakland, which means that I'm right over the bay from San Francisco. And even then, even there, you know, which would be like, I guess their capital or something like that. But even there, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like a major thing. It wasn't, it, it wasn't like, okay, you know, these people, these men and women and everything in between exist. And every now and again, they have a parade. And we didn't even know when the parade was, because quite frankly, didn't care. Like, that's their business. Let them be them. Let them do their thing. That's how insignificant it was in the mindset, in the psyche of the non-El Gibbet peoples. 
it was something that could be easily ignored. Kind of like the way um, prior to the movie industry and the music industry pumping it up, kind of the way niggas was prior to that, to mainstream society. Like a a a non-black person can go through his daily life and not think about niggas, not have to, you know, listen to the music in a passing by car or anything like that. They can just not think about it at all, not having to worry about it influencing their kids or anything like that. They they just live their life without it. That is how the G Hay slash L Gibbet community was back in the day. But now, now it's being pumped. It's being pumped. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Why? Because they're pumping it. They're pumping it into everywhere and everything. It's being pumped everywhere. This is not a coincidence. They remade the Matrix movie just to pump it. Talking about putting rainbows in the sky. They moved the Matrix from New York to San Francisco just to pump it. So they have this new community now. They, they're, they're now pumping their next hoe. They're trying to make it seem like, okay, this is the greatest thing ever. This is the greatest thing since sliced booty. This is the L. Gibbet community. We're going to put it in everything. They even put it in power. They even put it in power. They even put it in the gangster shit. Omar's coming. Everybody watch out. Omar's coming. Heads up, Omar. Omar. So as the nigga culture was declining, they already was replacing it with the next thing that they're pumping. And they put money into it. They put money into it. How do they put money into it? They say something like, all right, 50 Cent, you want your thing on stars, you're going to need producers. And we will help to produce your next season of Power, but you got to do something. You got to do something. What you got to do? We need one L. Gibbet character. Just one. We need just one L. Gibbet character in every new thing that should do. We need to make some episodes just a little bit about the G. Hey, chick. We have to. Hit the like button. Just a little bit. Just sell your soul just a little bit. And this isn't me shooting at 50 Cent. I'm just saying that this is how the process goes. This is why the the power season, you know, didn't really have that. 
And, and he actually criticized the show Empire for being too L-given. He said that, you know, your show is less popular because it's a little bit too L-given. But then when he had to make his three new shows, and I don't know about the Tommy one yet, but at least two of them have that element in it, strong. They put it in everywhere. And now I'm starting to see young men with their nails painted. You know. And this isn't, and I don't know if the young dude is, you know, has an alternative lifestyle or what. I really don't care. But you have all this confusion. You have Dwayne Wade's son and stuff like that. This is stage three. They're spreading it. What they're doing is they're, they're making L. Gibbet so popular that people who are not L. Gibbet wants to be somehow a part of it. Just like back in the day, they made Nigatum so popular that non-Black people wanted to be a part of it. That is what's going on now. That is the power of mass media. To influence people. To influence a mass amount of people. They're, they created a new subculture and now they are expanding it. They're selling these people. I don't know what they're selling them, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, um, because it's not really marketed to me, but I'm pretty sure that they have culturally unique and distinct patterns. Of, I mean, the nail polish is one thing, and I'm sure, you know, that's there's somebody making money off that. But, you know, they have culturally unique patterns of behavior, dress, you know, um, food consumption, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Somebody is getting paid. Somebody is getting paid from this new um emerging culture somebody is collecting a check off of this just like they collected a check off of niggas they are collecting a check and when society is done with this particular group they're going to find the next group to pump and dump why do you think it's so much stuff? Why do you think it's so many months of people and their stuff? Was there, like, like those of you, 20 years ago, was there a Latino History Month? Was there a Women's History Month? I think I think we got, like, like, 13 History Months. And I don't even know how they do that. That's them taking from the main culture and individual culture and selling them crap. Selling them crap from the um, that's different from the main. I'm starting to get tired, but 
I haven't reached my conclusion yet. So I'm gonna, um, oh boy. So I'm gonna um, power through it. <laughs> All right. So now we know how it's done. Now we know how the pattern is done, what they're doing, how they're controlling and manipulating society. You know, people who think they are something, they really aren't. They just were convinced through mass media that this is what they are and this is what the, what the end thing is to be right now. Mass media is the one that determines that this is the it thing. Mass media is the reason why you're wearing a jersey. Mass media is the one is the reason why you you're wearing the um, the starter cap, you know something and and these are all stuff. This is all stuff that you see people doing now. You see older people doing now, but you've seen younger people doing in the past. Is there's a reason for that? There's a reason why you you buy a t-shirt with the crease in the middle. And then, you know, you wear it once, maybe twice, and you throw it out. Making you constantly buy T-shirts. And the T-shirt man is the one getting money off of this. There's a reason for that. You've been pumped. You've been pumped. And then you were dumped. You were dumped. Now, what does that mean for us today? And I'm not talking about the L givers. I'm talking about they're going to have their own problems soon because they just haven't been dumped yet. But what does that mean for us today? I'm talking about black people and niggas alike. It means that you have a about two generation of niggas who feel a certain type of way. who feel like they feel invisible, which is okay. Most people are invisible. Most most subcultures in this country are invisible because nobody, sh- nobody shined a light on them. Nobody put them on a spotlight. How much do we know about Amish? Like most are invisible. Like, you know, Mormonism, Scientology. Like most subcultures are invisible in this country. That's okay. What's not okay is being put into a spotlight and then turning it off. That has left a lot of niggas feeling a certain type of way. They feel invisible now. They 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 went from omnivisible to invisible. That's the dump part. They're feeling dumped. They they're like, okay, my image, my everything, who I am, who I thought was the thing to be is no more. We're not cool like that. Cool like that? Hit the like button. We're not cool like that anymore. And you gotta, and I get it because there's really two classifications right now. Well, there's several, but I'm gonna focus on two. There are the niggas who who did that, 
there's the niggas who are my age or around my age and they they either did that or lived off the residuals of that you know they they live off the residuals of that like they they like okay you know um i'm not about that life but i can look like i'm about that life and get some residuals from chicks that don't know any better i'm not about that life however you know i can sell that i i can sell that and be the most interesting person in the room because people think that i'm i was more about that life than i was and by people i mean non-black people you know like a, a regular black person you know can walk into a room of non-black people and you could pretty much just tell them stories that you've seen on movies that they haven't seen or that you've seen you know you could tell other people's stories as if it was you so you know that that's the people in my age bracket that's that's like the gen x and um and older millennials type the younger gen x older millennials that's something that they can do something that um it, and and those are hurting because they're used to that type of attention they're used to being adjacent to something that someone's seen on TV. It's kind of like if you that dude that looked like a popular actor of the time and chicks threw it at you a little bit more because you look like somebody who's popular at the time and then that person stops being popular and you stop getting the residuals from looking like that person. It's kind of like that. So those people feel a certain type of way and they're lashing out. I see it in this space primarily. They're lashing out at other images of blackness because they're used to being in the spotlight. They see somebody with a candle and they try to take it or they try to snuff it out because they want that spotlight again. They had it, they need it. Because without the spotlight, they have to really look at themselves as a person without a spotlight. You know, they they have to go off of their own character and merit. And quite frankly, there's not enough people that's willing to just go off of that. They need that gangster edge. They need that. They need that gangster advantage. Kind of like some people needed affirmative action and without it they they found it difficult to compete it's kind of like that so that's the first type the second type i noticed and this one is very interesting and this one is really these people were more devastated than the first group is the i want to say younger millennials the middle to younger millennials why because the middle to younger millennials were the ones let's just say they let's just say you were born in 1989 right you born in 1989 and you're just a little nigger 
But everywhere you're seeing stuff. You see the big boys. You see the big boys on TV. You see the big boys everywhere. You see the big boys in music videos. You see the gold teeth. You see the spinning rims. You see the girls. You see the sideshow. Those of you who are from the Bay know what I'm talking about. You see, you see the big boys, the big niggas. The big nigga. And you like, I can't wait. I can't wait to when I grow up, I'm gonna be the big nigga. One day, I'm going to be the big nigga, and I am going to be the player. Player, player, play on. Yeah, that is what I'm going to be. When I get big. So it's 1989. You, you're a kid. You know, you're five years old, and the 90s is just booming with, with, with nigga culture. It's just booming with niggadom. Like, okay, you know. I am going to be the center of the niggaverse. And then by the time you come of age, let's say 2004, 2005, by the time you hit puberty, the shit's over. The shit's over. You just came into a world where the big niggas got dumped and the, the little niggas didn't get a chance to get pumped. You got screwed. You got screwed. Something bad. You got screwed. So now the little homies all stuck. You know what that remind me of? On belly. Wise and like he. They, they, they were the ones that, that just sat on the couch looking at buns, looking at um, Sincere. Like, man, this school stuff is mad hard. I can't wait to just, you know, to, to, to get money like y'all niggas. And then by the time they got put on, you know, the money was gone and, um, and they wound up selling weed with Bundy in Omaha or some crap like that. Like, it changed. You was preparing yourself for a certain lifestyle. And that lifestyle ended on you. And all the preparation that you made was semi-wasted. So right now, we have those two forces. One of them is trying to bring back the quote-unquote good old days. And the other one is trying to create good old days or good new days. But both of them are trying to shift the culture into negative. Once again, don't care. Now, it becomes problematic because this is in the backdrop of what's going on now. And that is this, whatever you want to call it, gender war, this lack of gender relations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
this is what's going on right now in the black community where black men are developing a new level of awareness about their um about the culture of okay black men are coming to a new level of awareness that black men culturally and black women culturally are not compatible with each other and many are deciding to attempt to change it um, force them to change it or just move on that's where we're at right now that is the battle that the mainstream that the primary um black men are concerning themselves with and at the same time niggas are concerning themselves with something else. They're trying to recapture the spotlight that mainstream society has taken from them. I get that too. So we have all these battles and I'm gonna say this, then I'm gonna go. And all I'm saying that brothers should do is focus on one at a time and not interfere with the battles of others. So niggas, I see you. I see your 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 new war for attention. Or to regain the basically you want to get pumped again. You want the nigga culture to be pumped again. I see it. You know, go for it. I'm I am I gonna stop you? No, I'm not gonna. You know, I've got my own things that I have to do. You know, we have our own battles. So yeah, do you, do, do you, if you want to make a world star hip hop video or I don't know which, I, I mean, I don't know how you're going to do what you did before without mainstream society support, but you can do that. Like go for it, promote yourself and let the others be. We'll let you be. And if you see us trying to change the cultural dynamic between both men and women to make it more compatible with each other or have men find women who are more compatible to their existing culture, then let us do us. That's all. We, we have two separate agendas. We have two separate directions that we're going in. So with that, I'd like to thank everybody. And this is Game Changer 0100. Game over. Peace. Mm -hmm.